You're listening to Beyond Mindfulness with me, Angus Ford-Robertson, a weekly podcast bringing mindfulness to life. Hello, greetings and welcome. Angus here, episode eight of Beyond Mindfulness, and I hope this finds you very well. So this week is an interesting episode. (laughs) Well, it is for me at any rate, because this episode is, uh, well, let me start by saying I thought this episode was going to be about panic attacks, how they start, the thinking around them, the habits, the patterns, and so on. And we were going to take it all apart and uh, see how to undo this habit known as panic attacks, because it is a habit. But oh no, no, I got that wrong. So after last week's episode, episode seven, Breaking Up With Anxiety, a whole bunch of wonderful emails from people, thank you, in brackets, a whole bunch of lovely emails saying, really appreciating this, this is making more sense, I hadn't thought about it like that. But, they always had a little but at the end, could you explain a bit more about this? Or what did you mean about that? And how does this fit in over here? So, (laughs) episode eight, today's episode, I'm calling it Overcoming Anxiety with Responsibility and Understanding. Overcoming Anxiety with Responsibility and Understanding, because these things are crucial on our journey back to full emotional health. So, Very juicy uh, episode, I hope. I I very much hope you're going to find it quite juicy. I'm going to cover three major issues that come under this heading of responsibility and understanding. And uh, yeah, we're going to dive into it pretty quick. Couple of things just housekeeping wise to, to start off with. So let's cover those first of all. The first, of course, is a Quick reminder about the Tuesday Tribe, the group that's coming together at the moment. Absolutely loving, loving you. Uh, Beautiful bunch of people zooming in from all corners of the planet. And um, it's, it's really starting to take shape and it's doing exactly what it's meant to do, which is to offer a live meditation and Q&As and tips and so on and so forth. So if you're still uh, noodling around the edges thinking, should I join? Should I join? Will I fit in? Uh, just get on with it. Go to angusfordrobertson.com, Tuesday Tribe, costs the price of a cup of coffee per week. I think it works out about £2.49 a week. Um, so do join us. It'd be great to have a, a couple more folk join us. Probably we can take about another five more. And um, yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you on that Tuesday Tribe very soon. The other final thing to tell you about is that on Thursday evenings, from Thursday the 21st of April, I am starting uh, teaching a new six-week course based on the the best-selling book, The Body Keeps the Score. And uh, many of you have been inquiring about this and actually requesting it as our next book club uh, title. So that is starting Thursday, the 21st of April. Uh, The Body Keeps the Score. It's a pretty life-changing book. Um, not just for for health practitioners and yogis and uh, therapists and so on, but really anyone, anyone that has experienced any kind of trauma in their past. It's a kind of how-to 
step-by-step manual to get yourself back on track. And of course, it, it fits beautifully with all the work that I do around mindfulness, spirituality and well-being. So that's starting Thursday, 21st of April. If you're interested, there are still some spaces left, probably not for long, because I'm going to keep it a modest size. But uh, the bookings for that are happening through my yoga studio. So that's www.batterseayoga.com. Just go to the uh, the workshops and courses page on batterseayoga.com and you can sign up there. Okay, that's housekeeping over. I think we're ready to get down to business, aren't we? So let's change the tempo now. If you haven't already done so, then I certainly encourage you to find a quiet space, sit yourself down, and close the eyes. We can make this a a meditative moment, even as I'm explaining some of these principles. And I would encourage you too to just take a few breaths, a few conscious breaths. As you breathe, of course, you can let the body relax and soften. And as you stay with the breath, just notice a few details. Staying with the breath, notice the sensations in the body. The movement of breath in the body. Perhaps aware of the sense of weight in the arms or the legs. Noticing, does the body feel tense or relaxed? And are there any areas where you can let go a little more? Okay. So stay with your breath now. Stay with your breath. I'm going to encourage you to stay with your breath even as I go into this next piece. It's an incredibly useful meditative skill to be able to stay with your breath, aware of the body, even as you listen to another So last week, I was communicating two key points. The first one was this. You are not your thoughts. I went on to explain, of course, that you're a field of consciousness in which thoughts happen. But the key thing here is just to remember, you are not your thoughts. Okay. And the second thing that we went into was simply this. The symptoms of anxiety are thoughts reflected in the body. I'll say that again. The symptoms of anxiety 
our thoughts, in brackets, memories, uh, rumination, worry, fantasy, and so on, reflected in the body. Now this week, the questions that came in were all around thinking. It was really interesting. They were all, all the, the subject headers were around thinking. Um, why do I have this stream of thinking? What's its purpose? Um, there were questions of, you know, what's, what's the nature of thought and so on. So I'm going to be going into some of this. And indeed, there was one really key question that comes up a lot, which is, well, rather than dropping thinking, am I not looking to just change or modify or upgrade my thinking? Excellent questions. Excellent questions. So today, now, I'm going to go through three key points that I think will address, hopefully, will hopefully address most of those issues around thinking. So here we go. Here are the three things that I think are absolutely key if you truly want to overcome anxiety. And as you already know, this is heading into the arenas of responsibility and understanding. Number one, you must become responsible for your thoughts. Mm-hmm going to say it again. You have to become responsible for your thoughts. And as Byron Katie says, but only all of them. <laughs> now you may be uh, wondering why, why Angus, why do I need to be responsible for my thoughts? What does that even mean? Well, hmm. So our thoughts create our reality. They literally create our experience. As Buddha said, with our thoughts we create the world. Or as Freud said, uh, all his patients, in brackets anxious people, all his patients were suffering from memories, in brackets thoughts. Hmm. So the interesting piece here really is not that this is news, but that we don't do anything about it. <laughs> um, let, let me be clear. All of the spiritual traditions, certainly that I've uh, explored and um, uh, practiced, they all give this same message, that the thought, the thinking, is the creative source. It's also, while it's, of course, uh, stated in Buddhism and Christianity and Taoism and so on and so forth, it's also at the heart, let's not forget, of all the biggest selling, um, let's, let's call them holistic bestsellers. Uh, and that includes Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life, or uh, right at the heart of um, everything that Eckhart Tolle is teaching, or DeMello, or Krishnamurti, and so on and so on. Everyone has repeated the same message. Essentially, you better watch out what you're thinking because that's the creative source. And when it comes to anxiety and overcoming anxiety, this is absolutely key. We need to know that our thinking is driving and causing the anxiety. 
We need to therefore become responsible for our thoughts. We need to choose our thoughts. We need to be like a loving shepherd to our thoughts. Now take another example just for a moment. Let's take the habit of smoking. Okay, so there's thinking habits, there's smoking habits. It's just another habit. There's okay, so smoking, right? Now, how does someone give up smoking? Well, I'll I'll give you my take on this, and this is after twenty years of sitting in the therapy room with people. For someone to give up smoking, really, a number of things have to happen. But fundamentally, actually, one. I mean, the they do need to become aware that they don't want to smoke anymore. Yes, that's clear. Um, so an awareness of what the um, unhelpful habit, let's say, smoking in this case, is doing to them, that's really useful. But there's really one fundamental thing. They have to take responsibility for stopping They have to take responsibility. They have to get to the point where they realize, huh, no one else is going to do this. In fact, hold on a minute. No one else can do it. Oh, ooh, it's on me. So (laughs) when it comes to the habit of smoking, the thing that really changes is we take responsibility for it. Ah, Oops, my bad. I don't want to do this anymore. It's on me. I am responsible. I choose to stop. Okay. Now, how does this relate to our topic? We're looking at the habit of thinking and, in many cases, the unhelpful, anxious thinking that we entertain. So, what do we do when we become aware that our thinking habits and patterns are causing tremendous distress, anxiety, unhappiness, depression, insomnia. What do we do? Hmm. Yeah. In many cases, this is the astonishing thing, we just don't take responsibility. We don't take the action necessary. Now, yes, in some cases, maybe some people don't know what to do. That's why I'm doing this podcast. (laughs) But seriously, many of us don't know what to do. We don't get taught this in our culture, in our schools, in our universities, in our health clinics. But in the same way as someone has to take responsibility for stopping smoking... Once we know that our thinking habits are creating tremendous suffering, we had better get serious and responsible for our thinking to ourselves. We have to be responsible to ourselves. And what's that called, this process of uh, starting to let go of unhelpful thinking? Ah, yes, mindfulness, meditation, right, spirituality, got it. Yeah, yoga, uh breathing practices, yep. I could go on. Awareness, all of it comes under awareness. So I say again, if we're really serious about overcoming anxiety, the first most important thing that has to happen, that has to change is we become responsible 
for our thinking and we do something about it. We start to practice and work at letting go of unhelpful thinking. Okay, so what's the second thing that we need to know if we're going to overcome anxiety uh, regarding thinking? What's the other thing, the second thing we need to know? The second thing is this, and it's quite a quite a juicy sentence, um, pen and paper at the ready. <laughs> the second thing is this, know that your current thinking habits are mostly conditioned, self-protective, cognitive reactions based on past experience and future expectation. I'd probably better say that again, huh? Know that your current thinking habits are mostly conditioned, self-protective, cognitive reactions based on past experience and future expectation. Mm-hmm. What the heck does that mean? It simply means this. Your thinking patterns, anyone's thinking patterns, they're essentially repeats of what went before. They're replays. It's just on repeat. Your thoughts are the reactions to whatever you experienced in your family of origin, your school, your peer group, your favorite TV show, cultural conditioning, and so on. Unless we've taken the steps to really inquire into the nature of mind, in brackets, mindfulness, we're going to be stuck in a loop of closed reality. Now, what I'm talking about, of course, is not unfamiliar to most of you, maybe all of you. What I'm talking about is actually very familiar. It's in our modern myths. It's in global, uh, globally successful stories and films and movies, theatres and so on. For anyone that's seen Groundhog Day or The Matrix or The Truman Show, what are these hugely successful movies about? Why do they appeal? They appeal because they're pointing towards how we can step out of the prison of the ordinary conditioned thinking mind and how, in the case of the matrix, how we have the, the possibility of taking the red pill, of waking up to consciousness and the freedom that it brings. So this is why this second point that I'm making is so crucial for overcoming anxiety. We need to know that our current thinking habits are simply a conditioned, self-protective cognitive reaction. They're loops that we've inherited and we can, we really can step out of them. Now I will say here, that I am aware sometimes hearing that is quite annoying. <laughs> uh, I have to be really honest, when I was still trapped in uh, anxiety loops 20 odd years ago, hearing this from my teacher, ouch, I, I kind of, I sort of resented him, but I also knew that <laughs> what he was saying was right. And, and actually, 
it's super important that I tell you this. Once we trust, once we trust, this is the key. Once we trust this message, don't have to trust me, just trust the message. Once you know that your anxiety loops are past conditioning and that you can learn how to let them go, once you've got that, oh my goodness, it changes everything. Because even when we're in the anxiety loop, we know it's not real. We know we're trapped in a mind-made nightmare. Okay, so this brings us to the third and final piece for today. The third thing that we need to know if we're really going to overcome anxiety is this. We have to know that true peace is never attained through more thinking. I'm going to say that one again. We have to know that true peace is never attained through more thinking. It can only be found through accessing the state of presence. So what do I mean by that? Well, I'm pretty sure you've already got it. It's pretty straightforward, but, but actually there is a little more to say on it. So I'll, I'll put it into different words. You cannot think yourself out of thinking. Remember, anxiety is excessive thinking. And we know that the hideous feeling of anxiety is really, truly the mind's thoughts reflected in the body. So at what point did we imagine <laughs> that we could get out of this loop of anxious thinking reflected in the body by more thinking? At what point did we think we could think our way out of thinking? Doesn't make sense, right? The marvellous Alan Watts, the uh, teacher, uh, philosopher and raconteur once said, he said essentially, can your own teeth bite themselves? Uh, can you pull yourself off the ground by tugging at your own bootstraps? No, of course you can't. And in the same way, you cannot think your way out of thinking, in brackets, anxiety. So I say again, if you want to be free of anxiety, we must experience consciousness, a state of presence that is beyond the thinking mind. And it's only when we've experienced this, we've actually experienced it for ourselves, that we'll ever believe it. Okay, that's more than enough from me today. I hope those three points have landed and that they're making sense. Remember, you can email me anytime you like on uh, info at angusfordrobertson.com and I'll be very happy to receive questions, insights and reflections there. And finally, please do remember, if you're really struggling with anxiety and you're ready to, to really engage with some of these principles, please do go to my website, angusfordrobertson.com and sign up to the experience, the online course that I run there. It is a full and complete course for overcoming anxiety. For now, wishing you well. See you next week. You've been listening to Beyond Mindfulness. 
For more information about courses, workshops or retreats, please visit angusfordrobertson.com And thank you for listening.